Hello, everyone. It is announcement time here at church. So let's give you the announcements. Hey, this Wednesday, coming up at 6.30 p.m. is our next Night Watch. That's a great night of ministry and prayer. Uh, we, we always sing some, some acoustic worship songs and we pray. And it's a really nice night to be here at church. So I'd encourage you to join us if you haven't been to one of those. That's this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Also coming up is our jam night. That'll be March 29th, two weeks from Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Bring your instruments, bring your voice. We always have a great night uh, playing along. Uh, that's March 29th, 6.30 p.m. Also, remember, we have Easter coming up, so invite people to that. We will have a lot of stuff going on that weekend. April 8th is a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. is our next beach baptism at Bay of Honda, and that's always a great lead-in into our Easter weekend. We'll have our full-on services Saturday, uh, 8 a.m., 9.30 at 11 on Easter, and on Easter Sunday, special for that, we do have a sunrise service at 6.30 a.m. It's indoors. We still have the sunrise going on the screens. It's air-conditioned. We will have coffee. So uh, plan on joining us for that and just be telling people about that. Keep downloading the app. Super important that you do that. Uh, we got all sorts of Bible studies, meeting, and keep checking out my dad's uh, postscript goop, group. Not goop. Don't, don't check out the goop. Check out the group, the postscript group on the app. And uh, that has a website too. Lots of cool stuff coming up there. But with all that being said, let's get ready for church. Woo! Hello and welcome. We are so excited that you are here. Are you excited? Pastor Doug is going to give us the message today. We are on, in, on the questions Jesus asked, part 10. And I can't wait for you to join us as we worship the Lord and learn more about him. Are you ready? Are you excited? All right. Awesome. Good evening. It is great to see all of your faces. Looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you guys what we'll be attempting to do in case you didn't know. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to Sunday school in the back. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Doug today. We're in Questions Jesus Asked, part 10. Yes, very good. And um, looking forward to it. Before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We thank you for your presence here with us, Papa, this evening. We thank you for the privilege of gathering together to celebrate and worship you as a family. Papa, settle our hearts this evening. Give us a quiet mind. Help us to focus fully on your face. To enjoy being in your presence. Papa, we just love you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, consider the heartfelt desires of your servants and stretch out the right hand of your power to defend us against all our enemies. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Duck. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here this evening, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, 
the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion. The bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this evening and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together. And I'd just like to invite us all to sing out and to lift our voices. We'll see the words show up on the screens. You're, you're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. We speak the name of Jesus.
Your love rise above every 
how we love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence, God. We love you. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you just anoint the words that are spoken, that are taught. Use those words, God, to stir up all of our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up? And teach the children a Bible verse. Good evening, guys. I'm so excited. I have a question for you. Do you guys like to wait? Raise your hand if you're like, you, you don't mind waiting. Like, is it hard for you to wait for your birthday? Yeah, right? Or what about Christmas? Is it hard for you to wait for Christmas? It is, right? Yeah. Well, today's true story from the Bible is about people who waited to see Jesus for a very, very long time. Okay? So, when baby Jesus was still a baby, Mary and Joseph took him to the temple to dedicate him. And the temple is the place where God's people would go to pray to him and to worship him, right? Well, there was a man named Simeon who loved God and he knew, right, that God was going to send someone very special, right, to save his people from their sin. And God told Simeon that he will not die until he saw the one who would save them, right? So so one day, that same day, actually, God told Simeon to go to the temple. And Simeon saw Jesus, and guess what he did with Jesus? He picked him up in his arms, and he prayed to the Lord and said, God, Thank you, right, for your faithfulness. You have kept your promise to me. I have seen with my very own eyes the Savior, right, who will rescue his people from their sin. He was so excited. And guess what? Another woman named Anna was at the temple, and she was old, and she spent all her time in the temple praying and worshiping God. And she walked towards Simeon, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, right? And when she saw Jesus, she thanked the Lord. People had been waiting for a very long time for the one who would save people from sin, right? And Anna went and told everyone the good news. She said, Jesus is here, right? The Savior is here. Well... When Mary and Joseph were done with all the things they needed to do in the temple, they went home. And the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 40, tells us what happened to baby Jesus. Do you want to know what happened? Okay, it says, and the child grew and became strong, right? Filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was with him. Isn't that amazing? I know God had told his people that a savior was coming. And when Simeon and Anna saw Jesus, they knew that that was the savior of the world, right? They were so excited because Jesus came to save us. And when we trust Jesus, right, he saves us from our sins. And just like Simeon and Anna, we too can tell everyone about Jesus. Did you know that? Yeah, we can share the good news. Awesome. So, you want to do our Bible verse together with one voice, okay? Everyone will help you too, because it's good. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Excellent. And the child grew. And the child grew. And became strong. Filled with wisdom. And the favor of God was upon him. Excellent job, boys and girls. Well done, kiddos. And uh, before they leave, maybe the children can help us sing happy birthday. I heard it was Jane's birthday. Is that, oh boy. 
She, she just turned 25, so she's really embarrassed about it. But let's, let's sing her happy birthday together. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jane. Happy birthday to you. All right. Now, would you please pray for these kids, yes, Pastor sir. Georgina? Okay, guys, are you ready? So we're going to talk to the Lord, okay? So let's bow our heads and we'll close our eyes. Ready? One, two, three. Father in heaven, we are so grateful, Lord God, that we can trust you, Lord God. Everything you said has come about, Lord God, and everything you have said will come about, Father. I pray, Lord God, for supernatural wisdom for the kids to know you, Lord God, as the one who saves them, Lord. In Jesus' name, what do we say, guys? Amen. Okay, go have fun. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Good job, kiddos. You will have an awesome time at Sunday school on Saturday. Kids' church, Saturday school just doesn't have the same ring to it. Saturday school makes you think of, like, a punishment. We don't, we don't want that. It's not a punishment back there. <laughs> well, welcome to church. It is uh, always such a privilege to get the opportunity to do the, the sermon part of the service. My father had a wedding ceremony to perform. And it's always funny when you have to say that you're, you're doing that because you don't want to say you're doing a wedding because that's just not very elegant sounding. And, you know, like we'll reference people like, well, well, Fran married us and like Fran did not marry me. I married you. Fran married Georgina. But Fran performed the wedding ceremony at our wedding. You see, the marrying of. Yes. So he is at a wedding in Key West. He will be here tomorrow. He sends his love also important to say the clocks are going forward tonight. So if you're here tonight, that doesn't impact you as much. You can sleep in tomorrow. That's great. But uh, I will lose an hour of sleep tomorrow. So I covet your prayers tonight because I, I cherish those hours of sleep and I will lose one of them. So uh, <laughs> if that does impact you for tomorrow, you know, Your phone should do it automatically if your phone is kind of new. If it's not kind of new, then good luck. (laughs) Up on the screens, on either side of me, uh, we'll see a QR code. This is how we do connect cards here at our church. It is digital only. So you'll scan that with your phone's camera app. It'll take you to a link. And uh, yeah, if you haven't done that for us, please do that. We just we just want to get to know you a little better and get in touch with you. So scan that. And if it's your first time here, we do have a little gift for you back at the guest services booth. Another QR code. This is for our one more offering. Every year we do this, uh, and it's just a way to to increase some funds for some projects that we have at the church. And you know, it also helps finance the big events that we do here at the church. So. All we ask you to do is scan that, look at the info, and just pray about it and see what God leads you to do. And it's okay if it's just prayer. If you feel led to, to give, you can give on the app as well. That link will take you there. You can write a check if you do it in the boxes, or you can just pray about it. It's all good, but we just ask that you'd consider that. We also take this time in our services and we encourage our church to pray for our neighbors. That as we go about on our, on our lives, that as we see the homes around ours, that we're praying for the people who live in those homes around ours. And we like to reinforce that idea by praying for our neighbors together at church. So, so let's pray. And dear Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. And God, we're so thankful for these Florida Keys. We're so thankful that we get to live here and that we get to see just the amazingness of your creation daily, God. Father, I lift up those who live in the homes around ours. I lift up everybody who calls these keys their homes, God. Would you be with them? Would you, would you bless them? Would, would everyone just know as soon as they step foot on these islands, God, your presence, your peace, and your grace? Father, I lift up those who live in the houses that are adjacent to this church building, God. Would you give them extra grace? And Father, I, I just ask that you'd lift up the churches that neighbor our church that are 
preaching your gospel and, you know, advancing your kingdom, God. Lord God, would you bless them with every resource, every provision, every person that they need to fulfill the missions that you've called them to. You're good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are continuing on in our series called The Questions That Jesus Asked. This is part 10, and it's been a great series that my dad's led us through, and he's let me share a few times. And these questions that we see in the Gospels are such a great teaching tool of Jesus's. They require us to dig in and and to just learn more and Uh, We've been encouraging our church throughout this series to be reading through all four Gospels, and we were to start with John, uh, and then we went into Luke, and now we're into Matthew, and this last week we were supposed to read Matthew chapters 1 through 6. Uh, This next week we're encouraging you to read Matthew chapters 7 through 12 for next week leading up into our next sermon. Last week, we were in Luke, and the question that the sermon was on was this, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And that was a great sermon uh, that my dad had last week, and if you didn't get a chance, go back and listen to it afterwards. But this week, the question we're looking at is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, and it's this, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to their lives? And Without worrying anymore, this is where we put our bad jokes before we do the, the scripture reading. Still obliged to do it. They're not good, I promise you. What do you call an argument between egg-laying mammals? A platypus spatipus. Ah! Wow, that one had a... <laughs> I, I saw this joke, and all I could think of was, Perry the platypus. Right? <laughs> If you're our age, you might get that. I was going to say, most of them don't. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. If you know what bonus and points. And the younger ones, they don't get it either. They're like, what? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Th- yes. <laughs> what do you call, speaking of people our age, what do you call a starship with student loan debt? A millennial falcon. I apologize if that hits too close to home, but honey, would you please pray and read the scripture? I will try. Okay. All right, let's pray and refocus. Papa, as we settle in your presence this evening, we're filled anew with the wonder and privilege of being welcomed into your throne room. We thank you, Jesus, for all you did to make us heirs with you in God's kingdom. Help us to fix our eyes on your holiness so that our hearts and minds can be rooted in who you are, who we are, and the mission that you've called us to in loving the people around us with your radical, practical love. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me for the reading of the word? Our text today is out of the book of Matthew, verses, uh, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass in the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
Blessed be the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thanks, honey. <laughs> so, we're talking about worry and, and to not, right? Don't, don't worry. That's what uh, we'll be talking about today. But uh, we're going to use this passage out of Philippians, uh, and it's Philippians 4, uh, where we're, we're going to talk about this. And um, you've probably heard it here. It's, it's one of my father's favorite passages. It's one that we encourage us all to memorize. And uh, for today, I want to take that passage and I want to read it out of the message paraphrase. I know the message paraphrase is, is sort of great to just read through and kind of get some fresh thoughts about. And uh, I think it does a really great job with this passage of scripture. Um, so let's read it here. It'll show up on the screen. This is out of the message, Philippians chapter 4. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, just revel and revel in him. I, I wanted to get that pronunciation right. I still messed it up. Revel in him, right? Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master's about to arrive. He could show up at any minute. Don't fret and don't worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will calm down and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And summing it all up, friends, I say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best and not the worst, the beautiful and not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. So if we go back uh, and if we were to read Acts chapter 16, that tells us where the Philippian church actually gets started. Uh, And it starts... Uh, with Paul in prison, and um, Paul's beaten up, he's, he's thrown in prison, and he and Silas are there in this jail cell, and they're singing, and they're praising God in their jail cells, and this happens around midnight, and uh, uh, as they're doing this, an earthquake happens, and all of the prison doors open, and all of the chains are broken off, but what's weird is that nobody leaves, everybody stays. The jailer who sees all the prison doors open, he's ready to kill himself because he's sure that all the prisoners have escaped, but they're all still there in the presence of God. That's how thick it was. Well, Paul and Silas were, 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 were praising, and Paul tells the jailer there that all of the prisoners are still, that, still there. And so the jailer has to ask, what do I need to do to get in on this? And Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And that's how the church in Philippi got started. So when Paul writes to this church in Philippi, he's in prison once again. (laughs) And he starts talking about the importance of rejoicing in and the, the importance of loving God. So when Paul tells them that, knowing that how their church got started, that that means something coming from Paul. They know Paul's attitude firsthand because of how Paul displayed it. We see Paul say, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Celebrate God. Just celebrate God for the things that he's done for us. Celebrate God for for all the good stuff. Celebrate him for the fact that we've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. The fact that we've been called his sons and daughters. The fact that our sins have just been thrown away. They've been cast as far as the east is from the west. The fact that we can read the end of the book that we're told. Spoiler alert, God wins, right? supposed to be a Bible here. It's right there. Celebrate God all day, every day. It's so good. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Can you imagine if everybody in the world 
was on the same team, if we all worked together, if we all treated people with, with dignity and respect. And I, it, it sounds like something that we're supposed to do, right? But so often I look around and society's not doing that. It's exactly the opposite of what we're doing. We're, we're you know, society's forcing us to pick a side and everybody else is, is wrong if they don't think just like you. Imagine if we, the church, treated people like we're all on the same side. And, and we're not told to just treat people well for, for positions, for what they can do for us, right? We're, we're told to treat people well, to love them the same that God loves us. Uh, and and here's, here's why we read in that passage, that paraphrased scripture we read, Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up at any minute. Jesus could come back at any minute. And as, as we're saying this, it's, it's not the, um, there's a couple different ways we could go about this, right? There's, there's the more aggressive, intimidating, fear-driven way that he's going to show up and, you, you know, you better get your life right now. And that, that's not what I'm, I'm saying here. Because fear-based decisions are never good decisions. What I'm trying to encourage us uh, is, is more like this. Um, we, uh, we, we read our kids the, uh, the book, The Chronicles of Narnia, and uh, the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and they, they had a movie about it a few years ago. It came out when I was a teenager. It's kind of older now, which I, I sort of find hard to believe, but um, <laughs> there's a scene where the Pevensey kids are invited into the Mr. and Mrs. Beaver's hut, and um, you know, they're, they're sitting around the table and they're sort of telling them what's happening. And the Chronicles of Narnia were a great metaphor. C.S. Lewis was a Christian author and uh, the, the, the character Aslan in theirs represents Jesus, right? So they're talking and Aslan's about to move because Narnia's been under the, the rule and reign of the, the, the wicked queen. And so Mr. Beaver says to them, Aslan is on the move. And I, I think that's a great picture of what we're, we're to say, that God is on the move. Jesus Christ is on the move. He's going to show up. Be excited about it. It's a good thing. God could show up at any moment. God's presence can arrive at any moment. Jesus could come back any time soon. It's supposed to be something that's exciting, not, not fear-based. So make that distinction that Jesus could come back, and it's something that you don't want to miss. And so that leads us into, instead of worrying, pray. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. And oftentimes we're, we're led that instead of praying, we worry. And we're told to do the opposite. And I think that we don't pray so much as we worry is because we can control are worrying. Worrying is something that we're in charge of, and you know we, we have we have all the power. When you know it's like, well, I could do this, 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 or this, this happens, and you know you know we go into all these what ifs, and we're said, what if we prayed instead of worry? How amazing is that? How beautiful it would be. Th- th- this right here. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know. Your concerns. Just stop for a moment and, and think about that. Let your petitions and praises turn your worries into prayers. See, when we when we pray instead of worry, we're relinquishing that control that we have on our own when we worry. We, when we pray, we're giving that control to God. We're saying, God, please come in. God, would you move now? I, I, I surrender this control to you because I, I can't control my situations. I can't control my circumstances. But God, you can make a difference. And so we're told this, that before we know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and will settle you down. Isn't that great? Who doesn't want that in their lives it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of our lives. Isn't that just when we keep our eyes on him, worry goes away. When we praise him, prison cells, prison doors open, chains break. When we praise him, it's true. And so summing it all up, 
at the, the very end there, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, and make sure our attitudes, right? Our attitudes are focusing on that. That's, that's what changes our minds, that we focus on the things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. Focus on what's good, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, things not to curse, not things to curse. So let's, let's think about that for a minute and how often our minds just get filled with, with not all those things, right? But they get filled with just junk in the world today. Man, we can't turn on the TV. We can't open our phones without being inundated with things that, with things that cause us to worry. It's all just negative things, and we're, we're, we're filling our minds with that garbage because worry sells. Fear sells. We've heard that, right? So let's replace that. We're told to replace that. When we're filling our minds with things that are good, then good comes out. When we're filling our minds with, with junk, you get the picture, right? When Paul says, I'm going to sum up all of this for you, you start doing those things and things are going to change in your lives. And that's that's so amazing, and that's, that's a great passage of Scripture, and I love that message paraphrase. It sort of gives us a nice, different look at it. So let's take a moment here, uh, and let's talk about a few things here that we see in that passage. Yes, we're at the notes. We've done it. We've reached the fill-in parts. And the first one is be thankful. Be thankful to God. Celebrate him for what he's done. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, just revel in him. Celebrate him. Learn to celebrate God in life. Learn to be thankful to God for all the things that he's given us. The, the other day, I was sitting at my desk here at work, and uh, on my desk, I have one of those Amazon devices that's scrolling at you, and I usually prefer the ones that, that don't have the screen, but someone gave it to me, so I, I just could kind of put it there, and, uh, uh, you know, she, she's always trying to sell me stuff, but one of the things that popped up that caught my attention was the mental health tip of the day, so I was like, okay, I'll bite, what, what is it, and, and she says, uh, you know, stop complaining about so much and, and try to be thankful for, for your things in your life. And I was like, well, that's really good. She's, she missed a step. So that she wasn't going to say, we need to be thankful to God. Because when I'm just thankful for the things that I have or the things that I can order on Amazon, that's fleeting. <laughs> it's not as lasting as God. Things break. People change. But God never changes. He is the solid rock. And he's the giver of all. So we have to be thankful to God. And when we're thankful to God, our, our attitude changes. Our, our, our focus changes. We start to say things like, well, I get to do this, rather than I have to do that. Oh, God, I have to love this person that you've put into my life. I have to go to work and deal with these people. And uh, gosh, I have to cook dinner again. <laughs> when, we're, we're start, when, we, when we're thankful to God, that changes is, God, thank you so much that I get to love this person that you've put in my life. Thank you for them, Lord. Lord, God, thank you that I get to go to work, that I... That, you know, Lord God, thank you for this job. I know there's so many people who, who would just love to have a job right now that don't have a job. Lord, even though I might be working around some people and some, some challenges, Lord God, let, help me to be a light at work, right? <laughs> Lord God, thank you for the food I get to eat on a regular basis. Lord God, would you bless those that don't have food? It changes our focus when we're thankful to God, and all of a sudden, these things in our lives change. What happens is we're focusing on God and not our circumstances. We're focusing on God, not the things that we can't change. We're focusing on Him, and it's so important to keep our eyes on Jesus all the time. You know, we see Peter uh, in the Gospels that he's looking out at Jesus on the water in the midst of the wind and the waves and the storm. 
And Jesus is just standing there on the water. It's all going around, and Jesus is just fine, right? Uh, so Peter is like, if that's really you, call me, and I'll, I'll walk over to you. So Jesus is like, okay, go ahead. And so Peter walks out on the water, and as he keeps his eyes on Jesus, he's walking on water. The moment he takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts focusing on the storm around him, that's when he begins to sink. And uh, we see Jesus pick him up right there. And lots of scripture that we can read. But the point is, keep your eyes on him. Celebrate God and be thankful. And when you aren't celebrating God, you'll be celebrating all your problems. So don't do that. Instead, turn your worries into prayers. We read in Philippians that passage, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Worry is not helpful. It doesn't do anything. We've been trained since we were little to worry, but we have to allow Holy Spirit to retrain us, to show us, to turn our worries into prayers. We see prayer work. Prayer is effective. Prayer changes things. Sometimes prayer changes the circumstances around our lives, but most often what it does is it changes us. It changes our hearts. It better prepares us to you know, deal with our situations and to, to live our lives the way God's called us to. What we can change, what we are in control of, is our attitude. And that's our third point, is that we have to own our attitude. We all need to own our attitudes. And I want us to think about that for a minute because so many of us don't, don't want to own our attitudes. We want to blame external factors for the, the way we just snapped at our, our spouse. Well, it's your fault that I did that. anybody heard that or said that recently? It's, well, if we think about it, it's really your fault. No, the way you responded is your fault. (laughs) We don't want to own the things that we do, but we are in control of our attitude. That is our responsibility. Our attitude is our responsibility. And how do we shape our attitudes the way that God wants us? How do we change our thoughts and think about these things? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. We change our thoughts. We focus on him. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We have the ability to choose our attitudes We choose what we put into our lives. We choose what we talk about. We choose what we say. And here's the greatest truth that we can learn about attitude. God did not give us the ability to control our circumstances or our situations. You and I don't have any control over where we were born. We have no control over our parents. Trust me, I've tried. We have no control... (laughs) over our kids, our spouses, our co-workers. We can't control the world and the things around us. We want to. But the thing is this. Most of our worry, our anxiety, and our negativity comes from trying to control the things that we can't. That's where most of our anxiety comes from. Not, not all, I get it. But most of it comes from trying to control things that we can't. But... Here's what we do have the ability to do. We have the ability to choose how we respond to them. You and I get to choose our response to our our circumstances and our situations. And I'd encourage us, church, to be people that have a godly attitude, that that choose to exhibit this this, this attitude that, that prays instead of worries, that gives God the lead, says, Lord, take over. Would you just take over? I don't want to worry about this anymore. I'm done worrying. It hasn't accomplished anything. But Lord God, I give this to you. I give my life to you. I give my worries to you. And Lord God, I'd ask that you turn those worries into praise. Because that's where things start to change. So Lord God, 
Would you take the worries in the room and would you turn it into praise? Would you know our concerns, God, and that as we, as we pray to you, that as we worship you, that as we ask your presence to come, would you just turn those worries into praise? And Father, I'd ask that you'd move through the, the things that we worry about. Would you move in those situations, God, and would you turn them around? Would you bring peace to the anxious hearts, And would you help us to remember not to worry, but to pray? You're good, Lord. We love you. And so, church, it's it's such a privilege to be here. And uh, we do this as we close. We just want to say thank you for your generosity. It helps keep the doors open, the AC and the lights on enables us to do some cool stuff. So if you're interested in partnering with us, the info is on the screens there. This is when we do our doxology together where we turn our worries into praise. Our ministry team will be heading over to the wall now. If you need prayer for anything, great place to start is over there. Uh, If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, it is the absolute best decision you can ever make. I'd encourage you to go over there if you have not done so and get prayed up. And will you please sing the doxology with me? My dad always has to remind me to sing in a lower key than where I would like to sing it. So here we go. Praise God from... Nicely done. And may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you, and may he be gracious to you and give you peace. And go tonight in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We will see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Drive safe on your way home. Remember, the time does change tonight, springs forward. Please pray for me as I lose an hour of sleep. (laughs) God bless you. We love you guys. See you later. Bye. And online church, we love you as well. Thank you so much for being a part. Uh, Be reading Matthew chapter 7 through 12. My dad will have a good message next week. You won't want to miss it. Uh, We love you. See you soon. God bless. Goodbye.